Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. This is your host, George Muniz Guns. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about the autistic need for things like routine, predictability, and direct communication, which is a big one. Because it seems like not a lot of, not enough of the discourse around autism is focused on these things. You know, as I've mentioned before several times on this podcast, the predominant discourse around autism is unfortunately still very pathology-based and it focuses on what autism looks like from the outside and unfortunately a lot of that focuses on the negative traits or um, what some call negative traits, I call them the struggles of autistic people and the needs that aren't met by society. Um, but anyways, uh, there's not enough focus on actually thinking of autism from the inside and trying to relate to the autistic ways of communication rather than expecting autistics to conform to neurotypical ways. So here's, I'm just gonna try to explain, I mean this has to do a little bit, this has to do with just the experience, it is a lot about the experience of being autistic so it might be hard for those that aren't autistic to understand, but I'm going to try to summarize this in the best way I can. There, we have, we autistic people have a really strong need for routine. Um, it's re routine is really important to us. If, if things don't go as planned, we can get really stressed out and really overstimulated and it, it is something that bothers us to a degree that is different than neurotypicals. Neurotypicals might say, oh, I get frustrated. Like, they might get frustrated as well with plan changes, but usually it, they just, they're able to just brush it off and, you know, they get on with their day and eventually it's not, it, it doesn't, it never gets to a point where it affects them so much. Um, that they might be emotionally drained for the rest of the day because that is what can happen with autistic people. Um, when we have a plan and we have a routine, it's really important to us that that is followed through. And if it doesn't get followed through, a lot of times, depending on what it is, this doesn't happen with everything, but... If it's something big that you've been planning for a long time and it was really important to you and that doesn't happen, it can lead to a meltdown, a shutdown, or burnout for even a long period, like several days or more. Uh, whereas for neurotypicals, it that might not be, they might be a little bit upset the day of or they might be a little bit upset, you know, for a few hours or something, but they're usually not as deeply affected by it. But that is something that can affect autistic people a lot. Um, the reason is because we meticulously plan our schedules 
like we're polishing a very expensive, valuable vase. And so when the schedule gets changed, it's like the vase is being thrown to the ground and shattered to pieces. That's like what it feels like from the inside as an autistic person when you have these plans that you so carefully, you know, prepared and polished for so long to just have them shattered like right by right in front of your eyes and you can't do anything about it so this also and then i'm gonna so that's why we have that that is why we have such a strong need for routine now i'm going to talk a little bit about why predictability and direct communication are so important so, because we have very literal, rational thinking brains, we, we structure, like we build structures in our brain. And so, like, we're used to going to a restaurant and then getting and um, having the order be the appetizer, the main course, and the dessert. Um, and, you know, we just get used to that structure as, as neurotypicals do as well. But we get so, you know, like, used to it that we we always expect it. And so if, and sometimes, like, I understand restaurants are busy and, and they're understaffed. And so it happens sometimes, and it's happened to me a few times, where the appetizer will come after the main course. And... I, you know, I know to not take it out on the servers or even the managers or whoever because it's really, you know, not the fault of any specific person. Um, it's just they're in an overwhelmed situation, clearly, as a restaurant, and they don't, you know, everything is being rushed and, you know, stuff comes out of place. And the thing is, they know that and they don't, even like I mean they have so many things to deal with but it's because they don't even think of it as a big issue because to most people it isn't and like they're not gonna be really upset because to them food is food and it's you know if they're hungry they just want to eat or whatever um but to an autistic person that can be very distressing because routine, it builds, like, because we're so used to the appetizer having, the appetizer coming first, it builds an expectation of routine in our minds. And so that doesn't happen. We can be very frazzled. And I feel like when I was younger, I probably did get upset. I mean, I was too shy to be upset at the server, really. So I got upset with my parents or, you know, whoever was, whoever was else was at the table with me would get to listen to me rant for a little bit about how the uh, uh, main course came before the appetizer and how wrong that is and um, how it shouldn't be like that and whatnot. Um, nowadays, because I'm more aware of, like, why that happens and it, that it's not worth it to may you know try to engage with somebody about it because it's not 
they're not really gonna understand why and I'm upset about it and what I'm talking about. Um, it can still affect me where I'll maybe go quiet for a while. I'll, I'll, I'll just get quiet for a while or I'll just be really thrown off by it and it'll like throw off my whole... And this might just be hard for some people to relate, but when you have a brain that thrives so much on predictability, it can actually throw off my mood for the entire meal. Um, you know, I'm not going to be like complaining or like it's because it's it's something that others unless they're autistic it's like it's hard they're going to be able to relate to that anyways so i'm not even at, at this point i usually like it happened a week or so maybe five days ago or so with my mom at a restaurant that we went to near my house and um i wasn't even complaining I wasn't even really upset it wasn't so much I was upset at I was it wasn't that I was upset at the servers or anyone because I understood that it was a busy night and it was just things happen like this um but I could tell that I was just put off I was kind of discombobulated the whole meal because I was like but how did that because it just threw off my structure and expectation of everything how it was in my brain that I expected. I expected to eat this first, and then it also falls into sensory stuff. Like, okay, I'm preparing my sensory um, palate and my sensory system um, to this appetizer. I'm, I'm preparing for the sensory experience of eating this appetizer. That because the, I'm gonna do an episode on this, but there is a, a big link with sensory sensitivities in autistic people and food. Um, and autistic people get mislabeled as picky eaters a lot of times, but that's really because a lot of us have sensory processing differences and we literally cannot tolerate the sensory experience of certain foods. But, anyways. It, it also goes to like when you're expecting something to come first. I'm preparing, I ordered an appetizer and it has this sensory texture experience. I'm expecting to get that sensory feeling before I get the sensory feeling of the main course. So it that doesn't happen and it, it does kind of throw me off and it's fine. In the end, it's fine. It's, it's fine because food is something that um, is a privilege to have and we should all be grateful for it and um, you know of course you know like the fact that I was able to have food that night you know it's something that that is something to be very grateful for so it wasn't that I was like upset even um, because I was still glad I was able to eat but it, it did throw me off in terms of my sensory expectations and that need for predictability of my autistic brain. It, it, it just made me discombobulated. It made me um, spaced out because like, I, I had to have the sensory experience of the main course before the appetizer and it was just very out of place for my brain. But... In the end, like I said, you know, having food is a privilege 
And I, I understand that a lot of places are just overwhelmed and understaffed and sometimes the main course will come before the appetizer and it's nothing that should be a huge issue, but it's just interesting to think about how it affects certain autistic traits of mine and how it can be even more discombobulating for autistic people than it can be for neurotypicals. Um, and then uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about on this episode is uh, the need for direct communication. Um, and this is, this is something that I think is one of the most important things to talk about um, in terms of how neurotypicals can be better allies and better friends to autistics is the the importance the extreme importance that direct communication is for autistic people because autistic people won't be able to tell uh, if you're mad about something and you're expecting them to figure it out through nonverbal cues I'm sorry my friend they are never going to understand that it, it's hard like I it, I'm not it's not to say that there's some autistic people that that won't pick up on it and I actually have started just from ex the experience of, ha of having to deal with non-direct communication and I've ended up you know being able to figure it out more than some other autistics might be um, but that shouldn't be considered a good thing in any way because that's, you know, the whole pathology ABA paradigm of um, forcing autistic people to behave like neurotypicals and to mask their autistic traits and, and all that. But, you know, it is also a privilege to be able to mask or to be able to understand certain things like non-direct communication because not every autistic person is able to mask and not every autistic person is able to understand these things and therefore they're going to suffer more prejudice um because because of that so so i do want to all as when i when i talk about this i do always want to acknowledge both ends of that spectrum um but anyways Direct communication is so important to us, because, and it makes us feel so good when, when we receive it. And the person is just calmly, clearly, directly communicating what they feel. Because then we know it, what they feel and what they expect and how to better work with them. And how to have a thriving relationship with this person where we understand each other and our needs and our boundaries and everything and it just leads to so much less um confusion and misinterpretation and misinformation and feelings end up you know in these situations when misinterpretations and misreads and everything happen a lot of times feelings end up getting hurt on both ends even sometimes um so these are just some of the reasons why it's so why direct communication is so important and this is also the big reason 
why autistic people tend to be very direct in their communication uh, is because we have a fear and trauma. A lot of us have a lot of fear and trauma of getting uh, misinterpreted um, uh, things, you know, assuming things about us that aren't true based on something we said that we, you know, they interpreted it a certain way, but we didn't mean it that way. Um, and, you know, it is because in this largely neurotypical society that we live, it is like it, these like so-called non-verbal social cues get so drilled and instilled into people's minds and you know people don't even realize like I as an autistic person didn't even realize until recently but when you really break it down like these things are a bit ableist and autistic phobic in nature because it they completely disregard the fact that autistic people communicate differently that autistic people don't use these non and verbal social cues and that can be harmful to autistic people because they'll say something directly as they mean it and because of the way they said it or the tone or whatever or what people have been ingrained to believe it actually means as some kind of nonverbal cue that the person isn't that saying it even is isn't even aware that they're using or that it's being interpreted that way and then it gets completely twisted and misinterpreted um and then you know we get ostracized for basically just trying to communicate something directly and it having been taken a different way so this was kind of a long rambly episode but i hope there was some good helpful um and educational information in there uh, i hope you enjoyed listening to it and i'll see you next time